Hi, everyone, and welcome to Val Cafe. My name is Brian Hostler, founder of Strong Roots Consulting, based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is on Treaty 6 territory in the traditional homeland of the Métis. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Carolyn Kamen, an independent evaluation consultant working out of Vancouver, BC, coming to you from unceded Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil Nations territory. This podcast is an informal chat on evaluation topics, the kind you might overhear at your favorite coffee shop if your favorite coffee shop were frequented by evaluators. This podcast is for everyone, expert or novice, longtime practitioner, or just starting in the field. Even if you don't identify as an evaluator, as long as you have an interest in evaluation, this podcast is for you. Hello, listeners. We're here with you again, and this time we're joined by special guest Dr. Nicole Bowman. Nikki is the president and founder of Bowman Performance Consulting. She uses both traditional Indigenous knowledge and systems, as well as culturally responsive theory and methods in her work with tribal and non-tribal partners globally to help empower, improve capacities, and strengthen impacts. She's the co-chair of the American Evaluation Association's Indigenous People in Evaluation Topical Interest Group and represents AEA internationally on the International Working Group and with Eval Indigenous. And in 2018, Nikki was also the first Indigenous awardee of AEA's Robert Ingle Service Award for her amazing contributions to the field. Um, we are so happy to have uh, Nikki on the show today. Nikki, I've heard you speak at several conferences, uh, I think most recently at uh, the 2019 CREA conference in Chicago. Uh, and you also were one of our keynotes at 2000, I think the 2018 Canadian Evaluation Society in Calgary. And every time I hear you speak, uh, I'm just so inspired um, and blown away and motivated to take another look at evaluation and what evaluation is and what we can be doing and what we have been doing. Um, so we're very happy to have you on the podcast with us today. Mm -hmm. Oh, Anishik. Um, so traditionally, as a Lenape and Mohican uh, woman, uh, trying to live traditionally every day and apply it to uh, contemporary practice, I will greet you in my uh, Lenape language. Kolomausi ni dushinzi wachiwa niu kanewak. Ninon GIE, Shano, Wisconsin, Mohican, Lenape Nations. Anishi Kishal Mokwe, Kamohosina. Anishi Kukana, Walk Nicha Nena, Walk Kamohosina. Anishi Nebu Bausa Wakanam. And so I, I basically said thank you to uh, the creator for my life, to my family and relatives, to the children I serve in the um, communities that I'm with. And I will apologize for any Lenape speakers who might be listening to me. Um, uh, sort of like what the traditional um, values we have about kind of messing stuff up, whether it's in English or another language, mm -hmm. <laughs> doesn't matter. It matters your intention. and. Um, I just want um, to thank both of you um, for allowing me to be on the podcast and to have a wider uh, audience, you know, not just because uh, I am Native, but because evaluation uh, systems are actions as human beings on this planet and so on and so forth that we'll get into um, really matters. So I'm glad that I spoke to your spirit because that's what I'm trying to do. Frontal lobes and footnotes can only take you so far. So I've had a change of strategy. <laughs> And uh, besides humor, I think uh, 
we should have academic stand-up. I'm trying to, uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to blend both, you know, the spiritual uh, and human aspects as well as the scholarly and cited. <laughs> <laughs> rough some days. It is, yeah, and I think um, that's going to go on my wall somewhere. Frontal lobes and footnotes can only take you so far. That is an awesome. <laughs> that's an awesome line. Thank you. Some, it's, I'm just in the moment. That's all I can say, and I really mean it. I want my goal is to do academic stand up someday. <laughs> we need we need to start laughing at ourselves more, really. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I know someone here in Saskatoon who who runs a stand up workshop. So I'll, I'll tell her that's maybe an untapped market to work to lean into. Yeah. Well, think of, think of how funny it could be, and then you could hide under like um, real comedians do under what is it First Amendment. <laughs> so if you piss somebody off you can say hey i was telling a joke <laughs> where's your sense of humor right <laughs> i also think tenure would protect you if you're if you're a tenure i'm not sure if you can get rid of a professor for bad humor i think if that was the case then there are probably a lot fewer professors out there so <laughs> but yeah a, uh, a self-proclaimed blue collar scholar i am not a professor i do not have any desire mm-hmm. at this moment in my life to be faculty Mm. <laughs> although I want to give a, I'm sorry. Although I probably should give a shout out to the place I love most, where I got my PhD, is University of Wisconsin Madison. I'm uh, academic staff there, and I do culturally responsive evaluation for the University of Wisconsin Madison, Wisconsin Center for Ed Research, the WEC in the lead centers, and uh, that's my part-time job. And my full-time job is at Bowman Performance Consulting in Shawano, Wisconsin, but. Uh, coming to a bus station, airport, or fill in the blank near you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the evaluation part or the the comedy part? I mean, both. Or both. You don't. We don't separate. <laughs> and I'm told, you know, I probably should work on my political correctness, and I do. But you know what? Again, I can only take it so far. <laughs> mm. I would love to see airport or especially bus station evaluation. I don't know what that would look like, but I just. <laughs> I would love to see that. Yes. So tell me, uh, I, I I think we're talking a little bit about evaluation as medicine today, and mm-hmm. uh, or whatever you want to talk about. I'm completely open, and I'll I'll ride whatever wave we're going to be on together. Yeah, and actually, I was thinking about that as we were talking about uh, humor, and I was thinking like, oh yeah, this the you know laughter is the best medicine, um, and that put me in mind of our topic of evaluation as medicine, which is um, a phrase that you offered to us, um, Nikki, while we were planning this episode. And I would love to know more about what that means to you. Um, Well, it's sort of an evolving um, topic, but uh, I don't know, I guess it never stopped learning, right? To be cliche a little bit, but um, evaluation as medicine to me, really means you are helping heal the world, heal yourself, heal the world, heal your community. And as somebody who is from, who is intersectional for a lot of different reasons, but from a marginalized community um, in, or a, con- you know, we were conquered as um, Indigenous people, American Indians, Native Americans, you know, I use them interchangeably most of the time, Indigenous. Uh, uh, the doctrine of discovery, Christianity, look it up, the paper bowls, and and those tall ships that came to the various shorelines 
uh, uh, to conquer our lands and uh, bring trauma and death to our people, uh, you know, still those lingering effects still live on today. You know what I'm saying? Those ripple effects live on today. The talk about cliche, it happened so long ago and blah, 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 whatever you hear. So part of the evaluation as medicine is how do I reawaken um, my ancestors' timeless knowledge? How do I uh, relearn the language that was literally beat and killed out of my people? How do I um, reimagine to use the traditional content knowledge to act in ways in a professional or academic context? And so evaluation as medicine really is rooted in who I am, my identity as a, a Lenape Mohican traditional woman. Um, you'll never get a PhD, one of my elders said, in culture and language. And so humbly, I am in service. And so the best award that AEA could give me is the service award, um, because that is that is part of Wichiwa Niu Kanewak. Uh, how would you like to say that? <laughs> <laughs> say my name, say my traditional name, um, which means accompanied by the four eagles. Uh, and then um, Chokalile, my um, uh, elder who's now in the spirit world from Bucktown, Moravian Town, Canada, uh, gave me my uh, added on uh, flying eagle woman um, to that. And I want to shout out to his daughter who also holds that name. So I feel uh, humbled and in high regard. I, I know I'm just a vessel. Mm -hmm. And so the medicine part also comes in with, you know, not only me relearning and re, reawakening, but um, being creative and applying that to professional and contemporary, you know, professional spaces, contemporary practice. I don't really separate, as you can you'll tell soon if you don't know me, personal, <laughs> professional, academic, who I am on the inside, my spirit, my roots, my teachings, that's who I carry with me no matter if I'm sitting in my office at home, you know, I might clean it up a little bit if I have to stand behind a podium or something, but it's because I, I represent more than myself. And so if we heal ourselves first, we can heal our work and heal each other and heal the world. And, and, you know, I don't care if that sounds corny to people. I, there are a lot of people who come to my sessions, uh, like you were saying uh, uh, earlier, um, Carolyn, right? You were saying that earlier that, um, you know, there's power and people come because they want to hear real talk. They want to hear about uh, spirituality. They want to hear about struggle and how that makes you grow. And so medicine really isn't, oh, how can I say this? If you're growing and you're learning and you are being humble, and helping others, that's good medicine. And sometimes your medicine comes in ugh, castor oil, rotten doses. You have to learn rough. <laughs> you have to learn, the elders say you learn through the rough. But then, you know, once you get that medicine, that teaching, you learn how to do things differently. And I think I'm almost 50, I'm 48. And the older I get, the more settled I feel about that. And um, part of the medicine of, of what, I write, what I write and what I've continue to write and what's still not out there yet is um, being patient and um, and uh, having roots and having time off to pray and to go to ceremonies and meditate or whatever it is the things that you do because I think when your brain is tired 
And sometimes mine is, you know, because there are just deadlines and realities you got to deal with, but I'm getting ready to be off here for almost a, a good week for my uh, powwow and culture and language ceremony and language camp. Um, you have, that helps you reconnect with the spirit world. And so again, medicine. And so, um, if I beyond myself, when I go out to speak with others and, and, um, I really get into it with uh, our native communities. We have been harmed so much, not only by conquer and conquest, but by the the sins of the ancestors, not my ancestors, your ancestors or whoever's ancestors that conquered. If you don't change, know that history and you don't change the way you are in your practice today, then you are just recommitting those same sins, if you will. They use a, a, a Christian doctrine of discovery <laughs> analogy, right? And so when I'm in community, it takes a lot of relate, a long time to build relations. It helps that I'm native, but just because I'm native doesn't mean they trust me right away. Cause I'm, I try not to say Nikki PhD, you know, mm. like don't out me. I don't want to be outed like that. <laughs> I want them to see who I am that I can cook. And I know how to listen. I help elders. I'm practicing my culture and language. I have humor, you know, all of those uh, traditional things that we do. That's what makes them trust me. And then I say evaluation is the medicine you can bring back because academia researchers and evaluators have also hurt our people. I mean, the policies of assimilation, the policies of forced relocation or forced separation of families that didn't just happen down on the U.S.-Mexican border. That happened for many decades, right? Mm. And so Continuing those, to happen. Right. All of those things, you know, people check out in the various ways that they check out. But I'm like, evaluation, a.k.a. evidence-based policy practice models, is the way you can get your medicine back. You can get better mm. because together we're going to build it by us, for us, the way we say, and it's going to matter in the literature. So when you're saying this is our evidence and the way we do it, or this is how we need to get this grant and here's how we can show it works. That's a lot of the medicine that I'm talking about to get my community members to believe in a better way of doing research and evaluation. And so not only is it evaluation medicine for them, for us to, uh, I think Linda Smith says, you know, rewrite and rewrite, R-I-G-H-T and W-R-I-T-E, our way back in. I hope to teach them, be a good auntie and teach folks how to do their own evaluation in their own way so they don't need me anymore. That's a reciprocal relationship. Mm. You know, they're investing and trusting in me, not just money for contracts, but in tons of other ways and gifts and knowledge that's shared and and, and uh, traditional um, things, you know, I, that I don't really talk about too much publicly. But then th- they're a better they're in a better spot and they can advocate for themselves. And then they're raising up community members or colleagues that can do the same. And then you keep, and you just keep it moving. And that's why I'm on the podcast today because there are folks like you, Brian and Carolyn, lots of my non-native allies, uh, you know, who, and I can say uh, for sure, Michael Quinn, Pat and Rita, and I even think Stephanie Evergreen, there's some uh, many others, and I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble, but I wanted to mention Michael and Rita because they were the most recent ones that are, we're all on the same human train, the human evaluation train, you know, trying to figure this out. So I'm sorry, I know I went on and on. <laughs> no, that was, that was amazing. And um, 
Mm-hmm. One of the things that strikes me just at, just at the end there, even as you're mentioning, I mean, you're talking, you know, Rita Fierro and Michael Compatton, you mentioned Stephanie Evergreen and, and so many people. And I'm just sitting here thinking, yeah, this isn't a fringe group. This isn't, uh, you know, we're not, you know, way out in the outfield here. Like these are people so many people because i because i feel like this year with our podcast we've we've been having this evolving conversation about what evaluation can and and must be and the people that we're talking to are people who are at the heart of the field the heart of the practice who are leading the field and that fills me with so much hope yep it sure does and i can tell you just to get a quick plug in for aea 2019 conference um I can't tell you off the top of my head uh, what the names of the presidential sessions are, but I, I'm in three presidential sessions. And so obviously there are going to be a lot of native and non, there's going to be a lot of non-native allies that helped us get to that place, you know? And so uh, it, it takes, uh, our, we have a medicine wheel uh, with four quadrants. East is red, south is yellow, west is black, uh, white is north. Uh, and I have it in a lot of my uh, work and articles, presentations, but one of the first teachings that I was told is that those colors represent the colors of humankind um, on the earth. And that if you disrespect one, you disrespect them all. So you have to find ways to work, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in a multicultural, multi-sector, multi-age, uh, orientation, different abilities, fill in the blank, you know, like I, I'm proud of, I'm proud to be native. I have a Polish mother. I'm proud of that too. And, uh, and I just, the inclusivity that our traditional people, uh, being native and being traditional are, I'm making that distinction right here. And for a reason, I can't get into all of it, but being traditional native means that you accept and you work with everyone and you live by those for me, it's those uh, four directions, four colors. You, there's so much that goes around the medicine wheel teachings, you know, and I have my elders to thank for that. I wanted to direct our listeners um, to uh, a paper that you published uh, last year, looking backward but moving forward, honoring the sacred and asserting the sovereign in indigenous evaluation. Um, which was published in the American Journal of Evaluation. So for listeners who are thinking, oh, I want to know more about this and hear more about this, that that would be great reading to accompany uh, listening to this episode. And I think you have a copy of it available um, on your, through your um, uh, business website. I think I, I think I was just Googling the name. And actually, no, we can link to it. That's what we can do. We have our show notes. We can link to it in our show notes. Um, and yeah, in that article, you sort of, you've laid out using the the medicine wheel you laid out the the history and the reason uh to to look at this work um the history of colonization um and settler violence um and uh cultural oppression and how that continues into the present day and then also what what is there for us to learn and and um, the just array of different approaches um, and different ways of thinking that we can bring to our evaluation work um, and ways of not just ways of thinking, but ways of being with other people. 
um, that we can bring to our work. So that's uh, a really excellent resource for anyone who's looking to, to go deeper. It's just, it's another, you know, um, it's just another example. Uh, I, Sharon, Dr. Sharon Rallis was uh, the editor for the American Journal of Evaluation and Rachel was her managing editor and she had a good crew over there. Uh, that, that was the first ever issue on mm. ra race and evaluation for AJE, which you know is like the, <laughs> you know, the Bible. There I go again with my, <laughs> there I go again with my, um, uh, super, super important. And I mean, it, we have to work together um, to find ways to, uh, for points of access. You know what I'm saying? If I, I, I don't know why Sh Sharon, uh, picked me and she was very generous because there are some, there are a lot of structural constraints when you mm. aren't in the literature a lot that are, I'm not going to run and say, um, they're like institutional racism. I'm going to say that there are just restraints because normal writers, scholars can reference past uh, articles, you know? So here you go, Nikki, you can have 10,000 words or 5,000 words that count, you know, but in order for me to get to the point of what I want to make, <laughs> it takes 8,000 words instead of two or 3,000 for the other person. I don't think we have just real practical thoughts about this. And, and um, Sharon was one of the editors that I have worked with who, and not all my editors are like that. Uh, you know, and I've worked for editors, male, female, um, different orientation, uh, different race, different age, you know, uh, geographic space. And Sharon allowed me the space that I needed because she felt it was important. She made that decision. She believed in me. We had a lot of feedback. And I really am grateful for that, not only because I was allowed the space, but to be part of that inaugural issue was important because that's, you know, I don't know how they rank journals i should probably know but i have a very uh purposeful direction and um melvin hall and leah newbauer and some folks helped me with thinking about what's the long big picture they don't teach you that when you write but i had to be very intentional like i knew what i wanted to get off my chest right but then i went oh my god i have to think about this what's already out there what am i writing how do i build on it where am i going you know and I mean, I'm just basic, you know, I, I have post-it notes or whiteboards or chart paper, nothing fancy, but, um, those, some of those earlier, early articles that I did were intentionally about, mm. here's what native 101 is. Here's what indigenous evaluation 101 is. Here's the basic pre-con, nobody ever wrote about pre-contact to contact, you know, early contact to contemporary. Okay. Because I am telling you 99 times out of 100, when I talk to uh, folks in, I don't care if it's evaluation or education, there are very, very, very few, less than 1% that know we're natives, we're still here, that know what sovereignty is, that know we have a different and equal um, governmental status, you know, because of our uh, sovereignty, legal and political rights to other nation states, if you want to use the United Nations term or pays, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to use the evaluation, uh, you know, like, mm -hmm. so we, so that's a, that's a based in treaty law. And if they'd honor the treaties, which I haven't, mm -hmm. but that article will be coming out in 2020. Um, uh, 
then it's ensconced supposedly in contemporary constitution. It's still not followed. I mean, that's why North Dakota pipeline happens and it can run all over us. That's why they're trying to put a telescope on a mountain in Hawaii. That's why we have missing murdered indigenous women. That's why there's diamond mines from the Arctic circle uh, up where in the Northwest territories, you know, all over. And, and we could say, uh, we could keep going on and on, but like the, the policy part of this matters. And so the fact that Sharon, getting back to her and AJE article, let us have that space. I got to put some basic articles together so that maybe someday more than 1%, mm. I don't have to fart around with people anymore. If they are at a basic level, I'm going to say, read these articles, come back to me when we can have a discussion. And that's not rude. I'm just tired. Like we're less than 1% percent of the evaluation population, but yet a hundred percent of we're supposed to address a hundred percent of any question about mm -hmm. indigenous people that comes up. And that's true for evaluation, education, health, human services. It's crazy. So you have to go back and build coalition. And and you don't have to be an expert like we do, but you got to have some mm -hmm. basic knowledge, you know, or it won't change. We'll still be stuck. And I truly think some, for some people that's a um a political strategy to play dumb or to stay stuck or to give you busy work. I'm done with that. I'm too close to 50 to be doing that anymore. I was saying that's, that's uh, amazing, but not in a good way that only 1% if, if that um, within, within the evaluation profession are, are aware of this. And that I think you, you hear that too often with other um, groups that have um, been marginalized that they're then kind of, there's that pressure to explain the history and the context. And I would hope that as evaluators that we're, we can do a basic Google search and find, you know, all the resources that are out there, and not have to uh, provide that that additional burden on on like, you know, tell us, educate us about this because, hey, you know, you're you're from that group or from that background, so why don't you tell me about it instead of me actually going out and and doing some some background reading on my own? But that's just me. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. When we were learning about data bits or about mm -hmm. fill in the blank, you know we take a responsibility to learn a little something about it but if we got to learn a little something more about it we we take a class a workshop you know mm -hmm. whatever it is and so i'm just saying like those are things those are concepts like i want to invest in people so like uh you know besides investing in myself and trying to learn and apply i'm trying to learn more about people under 40 and how they think about evaluation and the lgbtq community because evaluation is so heteronormative that's a word I learned from my friend Kate. Mm. <laughs> Kate uh, Fab at UW uh, Madison, and uh, Christine Fabian is one of the feminist. Uh, you know what does it mean to be a feminist mm. evaluator? You know, so like I'm, I always love it. I'm always learning, and then of, of course Andrea and Brazil uh, and Leah, my uh, my indigenous Latina girlfriends, Latinx, uh, and I should probably say Puerto Rican, Tejano, and Latina. Uh, if I'm using their words properly, I'm learning about that, you know, and it's, it's amazing. And it's, uh, we are a lot more alike than we are different. And so we just have to, it goes back to the start. What are you learning about yourself first? Mm -hmm. I want to hear about your journey. You hear about mine. And then we can braid it together, like braiding hair or braiding a rug uh, and figure it out and make something beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, that was something I, I noticed when I was at Korea, um, the, prevalence of of the braiding metaphor which it was showing up in places where i would 
have traditionally heard people talk about bridging. Bridging is another really popular metaphor we hear about in evaluation a lot. I think our last CES conference was even about building bridges. Mm-hmm. And when I was at Korea and heard people talk about braiding, uh, it was a paradigm shift for me. Um, because when you think about the, the sort of contrast between like, okay, we have two things that are separate and we're going to build a thing in between them to join them versus we have these things that are sort of their own things and distinct and we're going to weave them together into something stronger. Feels like there's a, a, a really powerful conceptual difference there, which is not to say that bridging metaphor can't also be useful, but it just opened my eyes to like the, just the power of the, of what, what braiding can mean. I, and I, I noticed the people who were at, I mean, at Korea who were using those metaphors um, were many of the indigenous evaluators who were speaking there, yourself included. Oh, wow. That is very cool. Yeah. I, and I mean, I think beyond, you know, what you said about braiding or how do we re, how do we do things differently? Not just, you know, you can't expect different results if you use the same theory and methods. Let's just mm-hmm. be basic again, right? But you got to build it differently if you want something different. And so whether that's using different theory or methods, whether that's using a different part of your brain. I mean, didn't you just have on um, Nora Nora Johnson mm-hmm. a, a while back? Mm-hmm. I mean, her and Andy, you know, and I think about Nan and Kate down in New Zealand, like they work together in developmental evaluation, but they use arts and song, you know, mm-hmm. um, photo voice, you know, I understand they're developmental evaluators too, but they're using a different part of their brain. You know, hip hop is a framework. Jacqueline, Dr. Jacqueline Forbes, recent UW-Madison graduate talks about hip hop as a frame. Um, how do we use, even using metaphors, like you said, oh, I never thought about it like that. Use a different part of your brain, you know, get up and move around, like do some yoga poses and then think about, you know, <laughs> you just pick one thing. You don't got to do everything. Just pick one thing. So if it's, if you like music, think about how could I incorporate music into evaluation, right? Or if you like poems, how could you do it that way? You know, I just think that I really miss the creativity and the whole brain and right brain in the spirituality of it all that can be in evaluation because when it's really powerful, doesn't it just get you somewhere that is not even part of your brain? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably part of your brain. Your brain probably lights up on one of those scans, but it's just stays with you. Mm -hmm. This is where Carolyn probably, this is probably where Carolyn uh, reminds me that uh, I've been challenged to bring my trombone to a stakeholder meeting at some point this year. (laughs) So uh, this might be some more, <laughs> more push for that, but um, yeah, I think that's a, a, I think it's a good point, and um, it reminds me of something you said earlier too, Nikki. Around, um, I think kind of the, the basic idea was around um, bringing our different aspects, our, our personal and our professional, and I think that's been a theme we've been hearing from some of our guests earlier this year as well. Is that um, too often we have this kind of very professional, impartial kind of a appearance we bring and kind of demeanor and and uh separation and um it sounds like there's got like kind of parting evaluation is medicine or that evaluation evaluation is healing is to say like no we're not just this faceless evaluator coming in we're actually people who use all parts of our brain hopefully i think uh, hopefully and i think there's some uh, i think it was at Thank you, John LaVale, for letting me um, just be me at the MESI, the um, Minnesota Evaluation Studies Institute. I got to do um, 
a workshop there and I did their closing keynote. And um, I, I think I said, my praxis will kick your axis, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, you need a whole t-shirt line. I, I want you to have merch. I want all of these amazing. <laughs> I want these to be on like cross stitches, bumper stickers. I am there or if there, I have zero capacity right now and I can just hear <laughs> I can just hear my Danny and Allison going, merch, really? We're trying to <laughs> clean up your S drive, update your website, and get you a new server by the end of the year. But uh, I 100% agree. So if anybody is out there and they need ideas, I'm totally in. I have lots of ideas. Um, uh, but uh, where was I going with this? Oh, I think, so just like I kind of drew a line in the sand where I said being Native and being traditional, practicing matters it ma- it matters to who you are as a human being it matters when you're negotiating and managing contracts it manage it matters when you're being imaginative about design or instruments or implementation or how we share results right how loving we are to one another how creative we are but it also matters when you're an evaluator because if you're stuck in a book if you're stuck in a classroom if you're a, a prestigious faculty who um, <laughs> And bless them, there are a couple, Dr. Carolee Dodd Francis, who is faculty and uh, Indigenous traditional Oneida woman and gets out in the community by, of, and for in service to the people. That makes a difference in your work. So, like academic versus practicing blue collar scholar. Okay, I'm trying to do both. Um, it, it's hard uh, sometimes, but I just find that there are folks who are academics who have, you know, lots of, lots of shiny books and chapters and this and that, but they're not in community. They're not doing direct service. They're not getting dirty with the data, as I like to say. And it's just a different, um, it's just a different pathway you're on for evaluation, you know, and I feel like I get my street credibility when I'm out there on streets that aren't always paved, they're dirt or they're woods or, you know, powwow grounds. I mean, it, it could be anywhere, you know, Niagara Falls. I want to shout out to my Haudenosaunee people on both sides, both sides of our border. Uh, they don't see that border, um, but um, yeah, I, it's just it's very different. Praxis is super important, and experience with your practice in your scholarship is super important. And uh, elders say you can't get books don't talk back. So people who are constantly quoting books are hiding in books. Books can't talk back, but people can. So. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm listening for. How am I doing? I just, I, so I've, I've got a question for the group. This is not a, this is a question for all of us. Um, Cause I'm noted, like I'm, I'm reflecting on how inspired I feel um, in this conversation and all the conversations that we've had this year. And uh, I'm also noting that I've had the, the great benefit of being um, having some opportunities that also helped me feel like when I hear and get inspired to do evaluation in a new way that I also have a sense of like how to go about that. Um, so I don't necessarily hear it and, and feel like, oh, shoot, this is important, but I don't know how to do it. But I'm, I'm thinking about like people who are listening, who are thinking, you know, I can hear people saying you need to, to take another look at what we're doing. Um, challenge ourselves, think differently, be creative, wake up those other parts of our brain. I don't know how. 
And I'm wondering if if the between the three of us, do we have anything to offer for people who are in that position, who are trying to figure out where to start? I'd say start with the person themselves. I mean, if it's if they've got an interest in, in music, see how you can incorporate that. It doesn't mean bringing a trombone to a stakeholder meeting, but maybe even just, you know, uh, um, trying to incorporate metaphors or trying to incorporate uh, stories from one's life. Um, or if you're an art, yeah, maybe it's it's just bringing Play-Doh or something like that and using that or just like trying to dip the toe in like where you already feel comfortable in. And I think for those of us from... Uh, a subtler background we're told you know those things are not professional so that might be hard but it's at least something you know that you have some some skill or background in. maybe just say like how can i do this if i mentioned photography there's obviously a huge um you know literature and background on photo voice is there some way to incorporate that or that's my initial thought at least um there's two there's two things that i do intentionally and i mean granted you I don't know that I'm confident people tell me that. I just think I'm sort of, I have a good sense of humor, a big heart, and I'm sort of crazy. So um, maybe that looks like confidence, but those are the things <laughs> I happily braid together. Um, mm-hmm. What what I did uh, intentionally um, for this AEA conference, and I've been trying to do it more, it was like one of my New Year's resolutions. I had kind of a wicked end to my 2018. Um, but that's for the, um, the dark web eval podcast. I can tell you about that later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's I'll just stop right there. Um, anyways, uh, um, I made an, an, I, uh, out with the old and in with the new for 2019. And on purpose, I tried to listen to different podcasts, read different books, belong to different Facebook groups and intentionally for when you put in for conference, AEA, I'll just say that I intentionally put in, I put myself out there and said, Hey, uh, I can't even remember. Uh, Maybe one was a STEM group. Uh, there, there were probably four or five groups that I normally, you know, the, um, what do we call those? The topical intigs, you know, Mm -hmm. I put myself out there and I said, is, is anyone looking for someone to be on a panel with them or in a round table or whatever? Like I'm in, tell me what you're working on. And I intentionally looked for different groups and people to put in for AEA 2019. Every single paper that I got put in on or whatever the session was got accepted. Lord, hear our prayer. <laughs> so there's, Oh, you're going to be busy. <laughs> like literally um, seven or eight, if you count the presidential strand. And, and, wow. I, and I said to Danny, my assistant, did I, do I have to hit accept for any of these? Was I the submitter? And she said, not for one of them. So I'm really looking forward to that. So that's something I intentionally did because I want to see if I can meet some new colleagues. Who knows? Maybe I'll make some new friends. And I darn sure know that I'm going to be, um, you know, learning some new things by listening to new colleagues that I have never worked with before. And so I'm, I'm very excited about that. And um, kind of the same thing when applying for uh, uh, different conferences. So like the Visitor Studies Association, they're the most fun group of people, new people <laughs> that I've met. They're the ones who are in charge of, quote, informal learning spaces. So as a Native person, we learn in 
in nature, part of the ecosystem. And so the, the idea that you got to be inside this box to pray or to learn is funny to me. Um, so I'm a willful decolonizer. I love informal learning spaces because that's where we come from. Um, it just has a weird name now in contemporary practice, but they are some of the most amazing. They're like librarians, uh, public museums, and uh, I know I'm forgetting something. Uh, anyways, just public space learning folks, public or tribal, and they're some of the best people, uh, most generous and giving people, but just a new group. And they're like, oh my God, I love this evaluation stuff. So we're truly learning from one another. And I just love, it's just really, ref it's fresh. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I sort of get old. I'm over like some of the same, some of the same stuff that you hear in, in uh, academia or evaluation spaces. I want something new. I want some original thinking that makes you go, hmm, okay. That sounds awesome. That's, yeah. that's what I do, you know. I love, well, I love all of that advice. And I feel like it sort of comes to, um, you know, start where you already feel comfortable and also try something totally different and, and put yourself out there and challenge yourself. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's both like really good advice. Do both of the same thing. I also, I've, <laughs> well, it's sort of like, it's almost, it's almost like do something mm -hmm. like, you know, and start somewhere it can, it can, it can be start small and start where, where it makes sense to you. And, um, Maybe that's my advice. I also, I, I, I really took to heart, um, Nikki, what you were saying about, you know, oh, maybe I see, maybe I, maybe that's what confidence is. People might think I'm confident on these things. And I think I heard someone tell me recently, you know, that, that I, that definition of, of, you know, courage isn't not being afraid. It's, it's doing something even when you're afraid. Mm -hmm. And someone had, had sort of translated that to confidence, you know, confidence is not, it, it's not not feeling insecure. It's doing things even when you do feel uh, insecure. And I feel like that describes me. I, I think I come off uh, sometimes very confident in some of, you know, trying these different things or or, or um, being a little out there with my practice. And, and I can assure anyone who ever thinks that I'm totally confident, I have <laughs> a, a bundle of anxieties on the inside. And and it's partly you kind of you kind of go and try anyway. And sometimes you fall flat on your face. For those <laughs> There's you, a certain tolerance for embarrassment you have to build up. For those of you just tuning in, this is the imposter syndrome podcast. Yes. <laughs> oh, you have to get, John is putting a paper out for that. Really? Hmm. John Lavelle. Oh, I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but yes. And he also <laughs> has an atlas of all, like shout out to University of Minnesota. I get no um, money, but I will take gifts if anyone from there is listening um but, uh, they have like this evaluation atlas that they're that they're um uh you know they have a, a uh, an evaluation program and dr john lavelle is in charge of it and they have an atlas so it literally tells you in every state every university if there's a, a ph if there's a phd master's undergrad certificate whatever so like that's like a, he mapped the whole united states and he's mr imposter like I can't wait to read that. Because <laughs> yeah, it wasn't there. I'm sorry if I outed. I'm sorry if I outed him. I don't know when it's coming out, but I think I got to see an early draft. But I didn't share it with anyone, John. <laughs> not not written. I just verbally outed you. I'm sorry. Uh, no <laughs> we're, we're doing some viral marketing here. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, okay. So there's another thing that you can do about how to, how, where do I start? Be happy for other people. How about that for another basic mm. um, strategy? Be happy for other people. Be genuinely interested. Put your phone down, pay attention. Um, I try to make my Fridays uh, and sometimes I have more success than others where I can just sit. It might be writing a letter. It might be um, retweeting. It might be just sometimes I will say to people, I love this, but I want space to smudge off and to sit quietly and thoughtfully read. So like Fridays at the office are quiet. Nobody's mad about being off on Fridays when they get Fridays off, right? So that I can do that. Be happy and retweet other people. And you'd be amazed at how many, how the universe brings um, new, fresh ideas to you, new, fresh people to you, new, fresh opportunities and experiences. I mean, it's just a basic strategy, but it's worked for over 20 years for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's what we the the <laughs> podcast has become yeah. for us in a way of like a way to celebrate um, all the cool people that there are to mm-hmm. talk to doing evaluation work. It's such a joy to have people come and talk to us and share their perspectives and their ideas and what they're working on. Mm-hmm. I agree. And who, you know, joy and evaluation, who would ever put those two words together? I want everybody <laughs> to be as crazy in love and joyful about evaluation because truly when my clients understand that you can do rigor scientific rigor along with cultural community responsiveness how they want to do it and you show them those tricks and they're like oh my god and they start love there is nerding out as much as you are and then you can just let those (laughs) birds fly and go to the next nest that is joy like that's really what priceless or epic or whatever the kids are saying nowadays really um there's not a price for that and so like Mm. i want to have evaluation joy 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 down in their heart Uh, yeah i mean we talk about you know the the toolbox we have Mm -hmm. the sort of ever expanding infinite toolbox of all these things as evaluators that we need to 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 learn oh so we can do this kind of and this kind of and sometimes i'm like i think sometimes we need fewer more portable things. And I feel like joy is infinitely portable. Like if you have joy, joy and some surveys and some interviews and sit down with people and have conversation and you're good to go. Or instead of a a toolbox, why don't we have a toy box? Oh, yes. Oh, (laughs) yes. That might be your episode title. (laughs) Maybe we need to have something at Canadian Eval Society or AEA. I don't know if it's a demonstration. I don't know who be crazy enough to give us a pre-conference workshop on that. But I'm just saying, can you imagine having a session where you're like, bring your evaluation toy box, bring the one thing, bring, you know, whatever gives you joy. We don't want your slide rulers. We don't want your, your um, tablets. We want something fun and we can share. And then, you know, whatever, sing and dance together to wrap up the session. <laughs> I mean, authentically, my calculator does bring me joy. That is something <laughs> I could bring. We, we're not going to say anything. But I will say, I mean, I also just, we my, uh, the evaluation reflective question coloring book that I made based on a silly tweet, basically, um, found an incredibly warm reception among evaluators and actually beyond evaluators as well. So just, there's such appetite. I don't think I've seen this um, yet. I need to look this up. Did I not send you the coloring book? I, I, I don't recall, but I, I need to see this now. It'll be in the show notes. 
It'll absolutely oh. be in the show notes. Oh yeah, we need show notes. And then you know how they have those adult <laughs> stress coloring books and they hide it in all these flowers and stuff. So anyways, um, what would the hidden words be for evaluation? Can you imagine that coloring book? <laughs> like, I don't even know what it is. Partial data. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Let's go and start with that. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what those words would be. Um, they're way past net 45 <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know what it would be but yeah <laughs> scope creep oh, there we go that, that would definitely have to be in oh there. that's oh that's <laughs> chilling oh, listen oh right i think oh here's a shout out to tonight eval twitter i know it's not we're not going to be on yet but every isn't it the fourth thursday of every month hashtag eval twitter yeah i think i'm going to put that out on mm-hmm. eval twitter Okay. What would be the word that you'd hide inside of a coloring book? <laughs> so by the now, time this airs. Eval Cafe podcast wants to know. We might make a coloring book. Well, we can maybe yeah, do it as a, as a follow-up for a future episode. We can share some of the good responses. So if you do hear this or when you do hear this, uh, email us, tweet at us, and we will share them. <gasps> to do, it's on my list. Well, I can see that we're getting close to the end of our episode. So before we wrap things up, Nikki, I just wanted to ask you if there's anything that you wanted to share with us and our listeners, anything that we should be keeping our eyes open for. Oh, um, well, <laughs> uh, I'm excited to say that all the, the um, new directions in evaluation, the multi-ethnic uh, evaluation um, if issue will be out I think maybe online by the end of the year, but for sure early 2020, uh, look for those. Um, I have a nation to nation and evaluation uh, model that I'm sharing. Uh, prior to that, um, a couple of Canadian Journal of Program Evaluations coming out. One is from the All Indigenous Keynote in 2018. Um, uh, and so it's Larry Bremner, myself, Kate and Nan from Larry's from, um, you know, past president, CES, Larry Bremner, mm-hmm. and then Kate and Nan from Wahapena. I hope I said that right. And Kate McKig from New Zealand. Um, I would encourage you to go check out Matarei, uh Facebook page if you want to see how Indigenous evaluation is done globally. It was our first global evaluation uh, gathering. And then, um, you know, keep your eyes out because we one of the presidential strands as well as work for the United Nations um, uh, permanent forum on indigenous issues. We have a lot of earth justice, indigenous folks. And I'm saying like, you know, the indigenous folks of Russia or the indigenous folks of Canada or United States or Australia, wherever that are working on creating uh, biodiversity and cultural indicators for sustainable development goals. So Mm -hmm. that type the eval SDG I'm going to be talking about that a little bit at the presidential strand. Hopefully, United Nations picks our paper um, to be one of them to be published for the International Year of Indigenous Languages. And that's a, kind of going to be a group paper from Eval Indigenous, uh, uh, which is kind of a working group of the Eval Partners Global Group. We have Facebook pages for our Indigenous Peoples and Evaluation, TIG, Eval Indigenous. And I, um, I can give you those things for the show notes and then. I don't know what else. Like I'm trying to toot some other people's horns here. Hopefully, I I caught a caught up a couple. Oh, Hawaii Pacific Evaluation Association Conference, come um come to uh you know Hawaii uh in September. Uh, the conference is September 
uh, 25th, 26th, 27th, or 26th, 27th, HPEA. They're wonderful. And so I, I'm sure that I miss some people, but I just lucky. I get to work with a lot of different kinds of kinds and, you know, they know what they get when they get with me. So we laugh a lot. We work a lot. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're um, leaving good moccasin tracks. You know, we're being good stewards of our ourselves, our communities, and of our profession. We want to, you know, the older I get, the more I look back and say, how do I think about seven generations in front of me? How do I look back and say, what's the legacy that I want to leave? So I'm, uh, I'm lucky to be kind of entering that phase of my life where I get to, uh, I get to pick and choose a little bit more and and I, I wish I could do more, but, um, you know, what I do do, I'm very mindful and uh, deeply committed to. And so, you know, I, you know, this is another, you know, being able to be on your podcast and being able to get out to a wider audience. I'm, I'm so thankful. So, uh, I don't know. I hope, I hope I covered most everything. I probably didn't, but I'm trying. Sounds great. And I think I speak for both of us that we're very thankful that you're able to join us today. And yeah, this has been a good, uh, a good laughter episode for sure. Uh, this may be the most when it's not just the two of us uh, here in terms of the, uh, the the joy in it. So, um, I mean, we definitely enjoy having all of our, our uh, guests on, but uh, this one was, was, was something special. So thank you very much for, for joining us today. Well, thank you too. And, uh, but I'll take that as you gave me a compliment that I'm funny. So um, there you that's go. one of the highest compliments that you can pay me because <laughs> you can't do anything. Put a smile on your face and laugh and be funny because that can take you just about anywhere in the world, even if you don't speak the same language. You know, mm-hmm. smiles and smiles and, and love mm-hmm. are universal language. My kumbaya Kathy mother would be so proud of me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the joy. Yes. All right. Well, we we don't say goodbye. We say Lepichkanewa, which means we will see you next time, whenever that is. That's it for this episode of Eval Cafe. Thank you to all our listeners. Check out the rest of our episodes on Pinecast, iTunes, or Google Play, or by going to our website, evalcafe.wordpress.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at evalcafe. And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us at evalcafe.podcast at gmail.com. Musical credits go to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for Poppers and Prosecco, our intro theme, and Dispersion Relation, our outro, as well as to Tim at tabletopaudio.com for the lively cafe ambiance in our intro. Oh, that, okay. Now I'm imagining an evaluation <laughs> toy box. Uh, as long as I get those little, um, I definitely want a, a Rube, uh, like the thing where the marble goes down and hits the thing and hits the other thing. Just, you know, it's it's useless, but it's fun. So we, we need to have some, what's the, the Rube Goldberg? Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's it. Yeah. Evaluation I, machine. I have no clue what the equivalent <laughs> yeah. of that would be in evaluation, but we, we should find out.